Thank you for checking out the City Church Podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know you are loved. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here is Pastor Brent Coulter. I'm sure all of you saw this last week all of the the disaster and the, the things that went on in Texas and Houston specifically, um, all the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Um, we as a church family, we, we support Samaritan's Purse on a monthly basis. Um, it's a disaster relief organization, and we gave an extra donation as a church family this week, and I just wanted to let you know, uh, Samaritan's Purse Canada, they are getting ready, um, I think from their Calgary office, to send down a team of Canadians to assist um, in Houston. Um, and then also, I know Samaritan's Purse, I think their head office in the States is in North Carolina. They have already dispatched trucks that are on the way to help. So all that to let you know that that's you going down to help there uh, by your giving. And if you want to also, if you go to SamaritansPurse.ca, there's a special place to give uh, to be able to help further with disaster relief there um, in Houston, just to let you know about that. Um, one other thing I wanted to make mention specific to Love is Red, the conference that's coming up at the end of September. Uh, we moved in this building five years ago and we had um, a conference um, the first year we were here, about six months after we moved in. We had our students and a, and a bunch of other churches came um, that first year, about six months after we moved in. And I think there was about 150 students that came to that conference and I was at the back. And I just remember um, having this great impression from God during that conference that uh, God was speaking to my heart that one of the reasons that God gave us this building is so that we could impact the next generation. The scripture says that God is the God of generations, not a generation. And so we just have a, a heart as a church family to be able to bless young people. You can see our children's area and facilities. We put a lot of time and effort to making sure that that's great for kids and families with children. But then also for this, uh, for students and young adults that are coming up, um, just to be able to chance to host a conference like this is going to be amazing. It's just going to be really great. So I want everyone to get involved in some way, shape, form, or fashion um, during this next month to prepare for conference. A couple weeks ago, we gave out prayer cards uh, so that we could all be preparing spiritually to pray for all of the great stuff that's going to happen at the conference, pray for all the students and leaders that are going to be coming, for all the speakers and the worship team and things like that. Uh, so I'm asking you to continue to pray uh, to prepare for that. But then also all of us can give financially uh, to be able to support the conference, even though we are selling tickets for the event. Um, there's a lot of expenses uh, for this conference, you know, flying people in and people coming from the States and different things. We have a lot of rentals and stuff uh, for that weekend. So all of us can also give at some point financially uh, during September over and above our regular tithes and offerings to help prepare that way. But then also we can... Uh, serve a little bit like Ellen mentioned. So uh, those few days, so the conference is Friday night and all day Saturday. So if you have some time, uh, either of those two days, you don't have to be here all day Saturday necessarily, um, but you can be in the morning or night, whatever the case may be, so that we can all just take the time uh, to invest into young people. So all of that you can do at the red corner as, vol as far as volunteering your time to get involved for Love is Red. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, well, we are starting a brand new series. Um, today, as we move into the fall season, fall is kind of like a second new year for us. Even if you are not still in school, 
Uh, all of us, many of us, most of us are taking vacation at some point uh, during the summer, and so we're gearing up for a fall to get ready to maybe move our kids into school. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we took our eldest daughter to university yesterday. We moved her into residence, and we made it through without crying. And... Uh, and then our youngest, who is here, she's moving into high school, so we were saying to her backstage, you know, she's getting all of our parenting now. So she's getting extra doses of good and everything in between. So uh, it's kind of a new season for us. So we, uh, or all of us are figuring out new seasons of life. And as we see in the scripture, um, you know, God is always speaking to us. And in a time of life where we're ready for new things or ready to move into a, a new season, um, I, I, we're more apt to be listening to what the Spirit of God might be saying to us um, to take our life up a notch, so to speak. So we're going to be looking at some verses today, and I'm going to be explaining to you what this series up is all about. So let's turn in our Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll read these verses here starting in verse 4. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show what is the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ." So as a follower of Jesus, uh, the scripture is telling us positionally that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And so this is what it means, our relationship with God. We're in Christ. Um, where is Jesus seated? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we're in this heavenly position in God. And when you are in a high place, whether you are up in a high building or you go to a mount, top of a mountain or something and you look down, we all realize that that high place gives us a different perspective on life. It gives us a different perspective on situations, and we look down and everything looks different. And this is the perspective of life that God wants us to live from. He wants us to live from this heavenly perspective, that, our, that we are in Christ, that we are in Him in heavenly places. So God wants us to live looking down on situations and looking down on life from His vantage point. Psalm 113, verse 4 says, The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor up from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. So here in these verses, not only do we have a revelation or an understanding of God, we know God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, but the scripture is showing us here the character and nature of God as our savior. We see this in its full blaze in Jesus, but we see here in these verses, what is the thing that God does when we are in a difficult place, when we're uh, in the dust and we're sort of in an ash heap? Now, these two things are representative, maybe sometimes of difficult circumstances or a place of, of mourning. Something happened in your life, and so you're just laying here in the ashes. Uh, you know, the, the being raised up from the ashes means, you know, you've come out of a bad place. But the scripture says that God is lifting us up. 
He wants us to live from this high vantage point in Christ. And then also, actively, he is lifting us up. He's reaching down to us. And the scripture is saying that he's moving us up. Here we're at this place, at this difficult spot. But then God, our Savior, not just our creator, but God, our Savior, reaches down and actively pulls us up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What kind of call? The upward call. So we're in a high place, in heavenly places with Christ. God lifts us up. And then the scripture says that God is calling us. He's calling us up. And when we think about calling out to somebody, you know, if you're parents, you call out instructions to your children. Uh, we would understand about God that he exists outside of time, that he washes away our past, he forgives us of our past, but he's also in our future and he's calling us. But he's not just calling us any old way, he's calling us up. The upward call of God in Christ. He's not calling us down, he's not pushing us down, and when we're in the ash heap, he doesn't have his foot on our neck to finish the job. No, he is lifting us up, and then he's also calling us up. See, when we think about an upward call, what, it, what, what would it mean in our lives? It would mean a call to something else. It would be a, a call to move forward in our lives, to not stay the same. See, our, our relationship with God means that we shouldn't be living static, stagnant lives. And if there's any area of our lives where we feel like we're not moving forward, that our relationships maybe aren't moving forward, that we're kind of maybe stuck in a dead-end job or a career, we don't like anything about that, and our education is kind of maybe falling flat, and then life is just kind of like not moving anywhere, if we understand what the Scripture is telling us, that God wants us to look from a different vantage point, and then God is also actively pulling us up, and then He's also calling out to us the upward call of God in Christ. So the question that as, I start, as I start out this series is, what is the things that God wants you to change in your life this fall? That we would have a different perspective on life and realizing that God is lifting us out. What is he lifting us out of? And then what is he calling us to? Because God is always talking. God is always speaking. It's not that God ever... Uh, goes mute. He's not that he's not speaking. A lot of times that we just stop listening. And see, and what can happen to us, there can be some things in our lives that we just stop being interested in. You know, we're going to be focusing today on, on dreams and visions. And sometimes we have a dream in our life. There's something that we, we're excited about. We're excited about the new job. Or we're excited about the next stage of life. And we saw something in our heart. And we, something uh, we saw in the distance, it was like, oh my gosh, I am going to do that. I'm going to accomplish that. And then maybe life took a detour and some difficulties happened. And we just sort of let some things go. So the question is, I have for you this morning, what are those things that you have let go of? Maybe that you were passionate about, that you were excited about. What is it that you just let go of that you just stopped trying and then you're just maybe hanging out in the ash heap? Because God wants us to renew our vision. God wants us to renew our dreams in him. Why? Because he's always calling us up. 
He's always speaking to us. He's always, he doesn't want us to linger in a spot where we shouldn't be. That God is always calling out to us. And what have we let up on in our lives? You know, we, we, we watch ourselves sometimes and we check our attitudes. And then sometimes we just let our attitude go. And we just kind of become a complainer. We kind of become an angry person. You know, eventually you have to get sick of your own complaining. Because I have a news flash for you. Everybody else is already sick of it. But until you get sick of your own voice and how negative you are and how complaining you are and just let up on yourself, you just let yourself go because so many different things have happened to you, so you just decided to become a complaining person. You know, we always have to be on the watch for our attitudes. Our attitudes are so important in life. So what have we let up on on our attitudes? And then maybe some of the things we just forgot about because they're all underneath disappointments and frustrations. We just kind of forgot about things. Oh, yeah, I remember when I really wanted to do that and I haven't thought about it for two years. But I was so excited about doing that. I was so excited about that opportunity and that thing and this situation See, God is always speaking to us about each area of our lives, speaking to us about relationships and our career. What does the scripture say? He's, he's lifting us up, and then he's calling us up. So what we want to do in this series, we want to tune ourselves to those areas that God is speaking to us about so we don't leave those things aside, that we don't want to set God's dreams aside. Because God has a dream and a vision for your life, and so we don't want to put that aside. We don't want to put that on the shelf. And so what does that mean when we, when we talk about dreams and visions? Is it, you know, when sometimes we say the word dream automatically, we would think about, um, you know, when we're asleep at night. And uh, I, I'm not one to really remember my dreams most of the time. Uh, I know my wife, she can wake up and she can tell you for like 30 minutes about a dream that she just had. And, uh, you know, I don't remember all the details in my dream. And then sometimes I remember my dream, and it's, come, it's some sort of amalgam of things that have happened to me in the last week, and there's some weirdness going on. Um, and then sometimes my wife will wake up from a dream, and in the dream, I did something not good. And then for a while after she wakes up, she's mad at me. And I'm like, this is not even fair. I didn't I mean, there's lots of stuff that I, you can be mad at me for. But the stuff that ha I do in dreams, I really didn't even do. Now, I'm not so much talking about those dreams where we're trying to interpret something that happens when we're asleep. But dream in the sense of it's a goal, that we would have a dream for our lives, and not just our own dream, but the dream that God would have for us. And the same use of the word vision, the scripture uses the word vision, that we would be able to see something out in front of us, that God wants to paint a picture in our lives and in our heart, of his preferred future for us. By his word, by his spirit, he is revealing things to us about our lives that are out in front of us. And from our future, he's calling us up with goals and dreams and visions. See, God knows us better than anyone else. God knows what he's put deep on the inside of us. God knows what you are good at, what gifts and talents that you have, and what impact that you can make with those gifts and talents on the world. So he's always calling to us. 
He's always wanting us to do something with those things that he's put into our life. But we don't want to be sidetracked. We don't want to be left in the ash heap by choice. Why? Because God is always pulling us up and he's always calling us up. Scripture tells us here in Acts chapter 2, this is on the day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching to this group of people that is gathered there, and he says this, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So which one are you claiming this morning? I'm going to claim the visions because that's the young man thing. <laughs> So how many of you are with me? How many of you are still seeing visions? So the rest of you are old? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and so what does this mean? Uh, God is putting things in front of us, things that he wants us to see, because the things he puts in our hearts that we would see, he wants us to do something about it, that our lives wouldn't stop and be stagnant. Because if you think about God, the giver of life, he's, if he's giving us life, why would our lives become stagnant? They wouldn't become stagnant in God. They would just become stagnant because of choice that I would make or something that might have happened to me that I didn't choose. But what does the scripture say? He's lifting us up and he's calling us up. Now, when we see, hear these words, we hear these words, prophecy and dreams and visions. It's not so much about predicting the future as it is about embracing the future that God has for us. And so how do we know what these things are? Um, you know, it, some people think, well, if I'm going to know what the will of God is for me, I need like a prophet or something. I need someone who can like predict my future. Um, you know, the scripture tells us in the New Testament, we're not supposed to be led by prophets or something like that. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is on the inside of all of us. So we don't need someone to predict our future, to embrace the future that God has for us. But what God is going to do, God is going to reveal it to us by his spirit as we're spending time in the word of God. We become more familiar with the voice and spirit of God. And then so he uses his word and then he uses his spirit on the inside of us to lead us and guide us forward. He gives us dreams and visions. And so how do we know um, when a dream and vision is from God? Let me just give you a couple uh, practical things for us to know when we know that a dream and vision is from God. Well, the first thing is it's going to line up with Scripture, that it's not going to be some crazy way out thing, that it's actually going to line up with the Word of God. And then also it's going to make me more Christ-like, that God is moving all of us into the image of Christ. So this will, these are things that will help us to know if our dream and vision is from God. And then something else that will help us to know is that people maybe who are a little bit older than us or people that are a little bit far, uh, farther down the road with us in their relationship with God, we can have a discussion with them. Here's some things that I'm sensing. Here's some things that I'm seeing in my life or maybe seeing in my heart. What do you think about this? Does this make sense? What, what, what could I do? Um, work that out in the context of relationships. And then the big thing is, how do I know that this is a dream or vision from God? Well, if it's completely selfish, it's most likely not from God. It's going to have to include others. You know, when God called out to Abraham, God said to Abraham, I want to bless you and make you a blessing. So any dream and vision that's actually from God will obviously bless you, yes, but also God will use you to bless others in the context of the fulfillment of that vision. The scripture tells us in Proverbs 29, let's turn over there, Proverbs 29, 
It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Listen to the message paraphrase of that same verse. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Attending to what God reveals. So that's the question I have for you today. What is it that God is revealing to you for this fall? What is God showing you? What is God putting out in front of you as a goal, as a dream, as a vision? Why? How do we know this is true? Because there is an upward call of God in Christ. God has a future for you. God knows the purpose of your life. And so he calls to you from that place. What is he showing to us? What is he revealing to us? Because we want to attend to what he's revealing to us. We don't want to stay stuck in the ash heap. We don't want to stay stuck somewhere we're not, where we were never intended to be. God is lifting us up. God is moving us up. God is calling us up. Are we attending to that? Are we thinking about it? Are we making it a point of prayer in our lives? What is it I need to tweak? What do I need to change? What do I need to do? You know, when we, we think about all of these things that God has for us in our lives, it's in so many different areas. But sometimes we can get just lazy. Because the things that God calls us to do, they actually take effort. Have you realized this? When God gives you a goal and gives you a dream and gives you a vision, how many of you know you're not going to accomplish it with your feet up on your lazy boy? Watching Netflix. I need a new show. That's what I need this fall. I need a new show on Netflix. I'm pretty sure there's something else for you to do as well this fall other than just complete a couple different series, like especially like Friends or something. It's going to take like, you know, nine years worth of shows. Or Lost, if you're watching Lost, you're getting confused halfway. So you got to go back to the beginning. God has something else for you to do other than just that. And then when God calls us to these things, that means we actually have to change. It's going to take growth on our part. It's got to take forward motion. Why? Because he's calling us up. He's not calling us to the same place. He's not calling us to the exact same things we did last year and the exact same bad attitudes that we had last year. He's actually wanting us to be a little bit uncomfortable. Why? Because he wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to hang around someplace where he doesn't want us to be. He's lifting us up and he's calling us up. So what do I need to do to stop being static, to stop being stagnant in my relationships, in my relationship with God? Not just doing the same things over and over and over and over again. No, God is calling us up in our lives. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief, Jesus is speaking, the thief cometh not but for it to steal and to kill and to destroy. So Jesus is referencing the enemy or the devil. And he gives us the resume of the enemy. 
which helps us to differentiate in our lives between the things that God is doing for us and what's happening to us because of the enemy or the broken world that we live in. So anything in our lives that steals from us, kills us, and destroys us is not from God. We need to keep that straight. God is good. All of those things are from the enemy. Those are enemies of our life. What does it say then about Jesus? Jesus, I have come that you might have life and that they would have it more abundantly. Jesus came so we would have life. Jesus didn't come so we would have extra religion. The world has enough religion. Jesus came so we would have life, live the life that he designed for us, the purposes of God for my life, the abundant kind. And part of the abundant life is that God actually wants you to accomplish something with what he's given you. He's lifting you up and he's calling you up that we would be doing and we would be active with the gifts and talents and with the purposes of God in our lives so that we can make an impact in the earth in 2017. God is calling to us. So what is, the, what is the things for you? Are you thinking about it? What are the things that I need to change? What is it that I need to tweak? What do I need to adjust? Because God is lifting me up and then he's calling me up. We see the next verse. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus gives us this revelation of God. You know, most of us are probably not shepherds in here today. Um, if there are, come talk to me. It'd be great to meet a shepherd. Um, what do shepherds do? They lead sheep. They go out in front of the sheep and they're calling to the sheep and they're leading the sheep to the place where they're going to get fed and they're going to get water. And this is what God shows us in Christ. I am the good shepherd. He has abundant life for us, but then he's leading us there. He's calling us. In Christ, there is an upward call to the life that God has for us. So what is God painting in your heart and mind in this next season of your life for this fall? What is God showing you? What do you need to change? What do you need to adjust? What do you need to grow in? You know, maybe some of you in here, you have a dream to own your own business. And you might think, you know, man, one day I'd really like to own my own business. But I don't know this and I don't know accounting and I don't know this. And you kind of think, well, okay, I'll just sit here then. No, if you, you have a dream, you're going to have to move towards your dream. Maybe somebody in here today is like, you know, I'd really like to write a book one day, but I just don't know how. Find out! God is calling you to something for your life. Don't be lazy. Don't sit in the ash heap. Why? Because God is lifting you up. He has something for you to do. He has something for you to accomplish. You know, maybe you are a business owner and you're thinking, you know, I really need to take my business to the next level but it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, but God is calling you up. God is moving you forward in your life. Are we going to respond? Are we going to respond to the life that God has for us? And there's a thousand different illustrations that we could give, but all of us know we've got something. And it's something that even maybe we've left behind. But God doesn't want us to leave our dreams and visions behind. He actually wants us to experience the life he's designed for us to live. We can see this in this story 
in 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, this is a story about the prophet Elijah. Now, the prophet Elijah lived in the time of Ahab, the king of Israel. He was uh, the seventh king of Israel. And Ahab really isn't that famous. Um, Really, his wife is more famous than him. His wife's name is Jezebel. And if you've never been to church, you know that Jezebel is not a good person. And so Jezebel was out killing the, the prophets of Israel. And Elijah was a prophet in and around this time. And, you know, there was so many different things going on. And one of the things that happened in this time, that there was a drought in Israel for about three years. And, you know, for us, in, in the modern world, you know, if, if it doesn't rain for a little while, we can just turn on our hose and we can get some water. But this wasn't true in this time, that if you would go a long time without rain, that means you go a long time without food. So rain was a really big deal in the ancient world. And so they had been uh, suffering through three years of drought. How many know that's a long time to go without rain? And sometimes this is the way life is. It might seem static, stagnant for just a little while. But God gave Elijah a vision for rain. Let's read it here. 1 Kings 18, verse 40. When Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the rushing of rain. Now, why is Elijah saying that in the middle of a drought? There's no rain yet. But there's something that he's sensing in his heart. There's a stirring, there's a dream and a vision that God is putting in his heart and in his mind for the nation of Israel. What is it? Uh, There is a sound of a rushing rain. See, and this is what we need to think about our lives because God is lifting us up and he's calling us up. The dreams and visions that we have that are maybe faint, that are maybe uh, underneath a bunch of mistakes and a bunch of things that we did wrong, that vision and dream is still from God. God's not looking at the mistakes that you made and said, no, it's too late for you. It's too far gone. It's over for you. No, God is still putting these things in our heart. He's still speaking these things to our mind. There's a sound of a rushing rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down to the earth and put his face between his knees, representative of praying. Verse 34, And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked, and he said, There is nothing. So he has a servant, and the servant is supposed to go look for the rain. And the servant comes back and says, there's nothing. It hasn't changed yet. It's still the same. What does Elijah say? He says, go up again seven times. Go up again seven times. He came back and said, there's nothing. He's like, keep going. Keep going, even though we don't see rain, even if we don't see the culmination of the dream yet. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're not going to stop. Why? Because God is lifting us up and God is calling us up. So he says to his servant, go again seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, there is a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. Now, if it's been a drought for three years, a small little cloud is a promising thing. And sometimes that's all we need to keep us going. Things haven't changed It's stagnant. It's not moving forward. But then we see a little hope in the distance. 
sees a cloud like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. So he's going from a cloud, a really small hand-sized cloud to, man, it's going to rain so hard, you don't want the rain to stop you. See, and this is what God wants to do to inspire our dreams and visions. That we would see, we would keep our eyes on the horizon and we would see a small little change or we would remember the dream and vision that God has given us. As opposed to staring down at the garbage ash heap, we would keep our eyes up and we could see something in the distance. And then what did it say? Go prepare for rain. I'm getting ready for the culmination of my dream. I'm preparing. What do I need to do? What do I need to find out? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to learn? What book do I need to buy? What website do I need to go in to learn the thing that I don't know yet? Are we preparing for our dreams or are we just sofa sitting? We got to get ready. What's the things in your heart and your mind that God has stirred? is stirring. Because whether you're young or you're old, God has given us dreams and visions right now for this season of life. It's not over. Even if you're 80-something, it's not over for you. God has something for you to do in this season of your life. Are we getting ready? Are we prepared? Are we excited for the rain that God is bringing in our lives? It says, prepare the chariot to go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and the wind, and there was a great rain. A great rain. We see it, and then we get ready. We see it, and then we get ready. So what are the things that you've seen? What do you need to get ready for? Jesus says to us that he came that we would have abundant life, the life God purposes for us to live. Last verse. Galatians 6 verse 8 says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up, we're going to see the rain. If we do not give up, we're going to see the drought end in our lives. Even though in the distance it's just something small on the horizon, the dream and the vision that I had in the past is just maybe a little thing. It's like a glimmer of hope. But if we don't give up, we are going to reap what God has placed in our heart, the dream and vision. If we don't quit, if we don't give up. Now, I'm sitting, I'm in a room with a bunch of people who aren't quitters, right? Come on now. I'm in a room with a bunch of people who don't quit, right? Man, that's the attitude that we all need to have. We're not going to give up on doing good things. We're not going to grow weary and tired of being a good husband, of being a good wife, of being a good employer, a good employee. Man, we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep moving forward. I see hand on the horizon and it is the fulfillment of the dream and the vision that God has placed in my heart 
Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we are seated in heavenly places with you. God, we want to live from your vantage point. And God, we also thank you that actively that you are lifting us out, Lord, of situations and circumstances that the enemy has brought in our way, that because of the broken world that we live in, we find ourselves in an undesirable place, Lord, that you are lifting us out. And God, we also thank you that you are calling us up and we will yield ourselves to your voice, Lord, the adjustments and the changes that you want us to make to move towards the dreams and visions that you have given us. We purpose to do that, Lord, starting this week. And we thank you, Lord, that you help us to do that by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never taken the first step in your relationship with God by saying yes to Jesus, the gospel story, the good news, that's what gospel means, is that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, and God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God gives us a relationship with himself. It's a gift. It's called grace, the Bible calls it. And we don't qualify for our relationship with God by being a really good person or, be, or by being a really religious person. All we can do is accept this gift that God gives us through Christ. So if that's you this morning and you have never taken the first step in your relationship with God by making Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. You pray along with me. You don't have to say the exact same words I say. Your heart is the most important thing. Or maybe you're here this morning and you used to be really close to God and you kind of feel like today you've wandered away from him. Maybe some things have happened in your life, some disappointments. You know, God is not mad at you today. God is calling you home. He's calling you close to himself. So if that's you this morning, you pray along with me as well. Let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he came, he died in a cross, and you raised him up. And God, today you offer me a relationship with you. You offer me right standing with you. And I say yes to that relationship, God, today. God, today I call you my Father and I call Jesus my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after you, not just to do my own thing, but to follow after your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca. 